0: Welcome back to Death Holler. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. Death, and joining me is the co host who long ago weaseled out of a deal with Mr. LaBelle, La Urena. How'd your business negotiations with a crossroads demon go, La, La Urena?
1: <laughs> well, I'm still here. I survived, I think. You know, I survived <laughs> in the afterlife, so, you know, a win is a win.
0: Yeah, I mean they might have uh, kept you from you know going on to a better reward, but at least you didn't go to hell. So I guess there's that.
1: That's what they say, but I here I am in <laughs> California. Um, you know, you know I have to say, have you? Did you listen to that whole hide and seek song?
0: Uh, not completely. I didn't know, but it, it's it's cre- it's got a very creepy like. I almost think Cuphead type vibes. Oh yeah, it, you know it definitely yeah. has
1: that. I was thinking uh, Bendy and the Devil Swing, you know. But if you've yeah. heard that song, but even worse, if you listen to the lyrics, it really sounds like he's preying on children.
0: Mm, it it's got I, well.
1: It's got very pedo vibes to it. It did to me, anyways.
0: Oh God, that's that's terrible. <laughs> Uh, This episode, uh, we're back with the sequel coverage of Summer Slashers. That's right. It's the Revenge of Summer Slashing, or Summer Slashing 2, Death Boogaloo. This round, we have a fairly recent wedding slasher from the team behind the new Scream movies, and a couple of films from the Outback that show why you should always carry a cell phone and a weapon when backpacking out in the sticks. That's right, everyone. Grab some wedding cake, get out the didgeridoo, and join us for our reviews of Ready or Not and Wolf Creek 1 and 2. But first, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate it if you could take the time to like, comment, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. It helps us get more visibility on podcast listings and helps us grow. Also, consider following us on social media. You can find us on TikTok and Twitter under Death Holler Pod, and we can be found on Instagram and Facebook under Death Holler Podcast. We appreciate everyone who listens and hope you enjoy the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to say real quick, we're slowly, we're growing.
0: Slowly, uh, slowly. I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah. Those
1: who are listening to us, like, you know, hey, leave some comments. Tell us how you found us. Are you liking what you're hearing? You hating it? I mean, I haven't seen the numbers decrease. I'm only seeing them grow. And I'm like, where are you finding us from? Because we don't spend any money to, like... For you to find us, we don't put ourselves out there.
0: No one, because I mean, I, you might be able to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know of where you I wo- because of where I work, I can't advertise what I do, so I yeah, mean, I'm kind of left out in the cold on that one.
1: Definitely. So, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for following us.
0: Uh, first up, we've got Ready or Not from 2019. Tagline: A killer game of hide and seek. Literally. <laughs> yeah, that's that's appropriate. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, directed by Matt Burtonelli, Open and Tyler Gillette. written by Guy Busick and Art Christopher Murphy, music by Brian Tyler, made for a budget of six million U.S. dollars and made fifty-seven point six.
1: yeah, that's what I'm talking about.
0: This movie, I'm pretty sure, is what gave the uh, the Scream franchise over to those two guys who did the directing. So oh, yeah, I mean, it's you know. Um, we have principal player Samara Weaving is playing Grace, the newlywed final girl. Uh, she was in the movie Mayhem with, uh, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, the one who played Glenn on The uh, The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of a pseudo-zombie movie, but it's really good, so we'll kind of cover it next season. Okay. Uh, Scream 6, of course, she has the little intro scene, but she's basically, uh, you know, uh, Don't expect her to be in much of that movie. I I was disappointed, but and I don't even know why I thought that she'd be in it. I mean, it was another bait and switch. They get somebody kind of famous, and then they, you know, get rid of them the first, you know, intro scene.
1: They can have someone that gorgeous, and you know?
0: (laughs) Well, and it's funny, too. I mean, uh, uh, because they have her with her Australian accent, and it just sounds so weird, like hearing her speak with it in that movie.
1: Yeah, I wonder how hard it is for her to switch to American accent.
0: And she does. Well, she does a pretty good job. She does a pretty, fairly like Midwestern, like you know, non accent. Like there's, like she's. I mean, she's kind of got. Well, I mean, maybe it's Californian, but like it's it's a good like there there's you don't really hear much of her accent in it when she does it in this movie at least.
1: I would say maybe a Utah type accent because i have a friend from there who her accent is not exactly california but it's also not anything else it's like maybe she just doesn't have the weird slang that californians have
0: yeah it's it's just missing the slang i mean but it's just it's kind of a nondescript american accent but it works i mean you know uh but yeah in scream six she is the drew barrymore character like Mm -hmm. you know she's there for a few minutes and then all right let's get in the action yeah uh, she is in the movie Babylon recently with Margot Robbie, which is funny because <laughs> they, they get confused for each other. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah, you remember that's like the there. There's like a meme going around. That's well, got a I know that. Of, uh, you know, but I mean, it, but yeah, they're, well, not in the movie though. I don't know. What yeah, okay. I thought you movie. meant in the
1: movie. I'm like, that's hella funny.
0: But I mean, it's just funny they're in a movie together. I mean, you know. Given, yeah, that's
1: why I was like, are they playing sisters? <laughs>
0: Well, they they should. I mean, that that would actually, unlike a lot of brothers and sisters in movies, that would actually look realistic. Uh, she's also in the babysitter and the babysitter killer queen, both great movies. Uh, we could have almost we we could have technically covered them this season. I'm not ruling them out as something we might not add on, but they're also demonic based too, which well, this movie is. Yeah. In a about way. And we I keep talking about
1: having a demon season, so.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I want to save those because I really like those movies. i mean oh, yeah. to go back. Uh, she's also in the new Bill and Ted Face the Music. She plays um, uh, Bill's uh, daughter in that one. Oh, uh, my God. And, then, and uh, I think she's – but they, they name their kids after the other one, so her name is like Theodora or something like that, oh, even my though God. she's Bill's kid. And uh, she's also in the new Picnic at Hanging Rock TV series, which is based upon a famous Australian book and movie. And uh, it's funny because the Picnic at Hanging Rock movie has John Jarrett, who is going to be in our next set of movies.
1: Oh, okay. In a
0: few minutes. And uh, she was in Guns Akimbo with Harry Potter or Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, my God. Hands are like taped to guns. And yeah. Uh, We have Andrew Anthony playing Charles, uh, Aunt Helene's former husband.
1: I mean, like, is that even considered a husband when you die, like, within hours of getting married?
0: Uh, If they're not consummated, then technically it's an annulment. Yeah, yes. Um, We have Haneke Talbot playing Clara, the maid killed by accident. Were they really maids? Uh, one of them says specifically she was hired only to dance only to for dance. the older. They, yeah.
1: Those were some hot maids. Those would not be allowed in my house.
0: The, the Hanneke Talbot one, Clara, she was the, the hottest of them all. And like, it's, and it's kind of crazy whenever, you know, they take her out so early in the movie. Yeah. But, <clears throat> uh, she was in one episode of Supernatural. Uh, she was in the movie Possessor. Uh, she was in Titans and Star Trek Discovery. We have Celine Psy playing Tina, who is a maid also killed by accident. Um, this time by a uh, crossbow, I believe, shot by accident. The first one was a shotgun. This is a crossbow. Uh, Danielle Barbosa plays Dora, the maid who who admits that she was only hired to dance, uh, who was killed by accident, this time with a dumbwaiter. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. That dumbwaiter kill was probably a little, I mean... And this is a pun. It was a little dumb. Ah!
1: (laughs) It sounded crunchy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I could see maybe a hydraulic press, but the way that the blood came out instantly of her mouth, I don't see that. It didn't. There's something about that kill in particular that seems like it's a little too rushed, I think, for what they were trying to go for.
1: You know, I will say this, too. I know we're jumping right into the movie, but it is specifically that kill. The look on Samara Weaving's face, uh, she was just over it. I think, I know she's trying to live. Like, I know she's got be- bigger and better things to go on, and that fucking bitch snitched on her. But, it, yeah. like, it was so funny because it was just like, okay, well, next one, you know. Like, it, there wasn't yeah. much in it, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she pushes the button, like, half-heartedly, and she's like, oh, okay, she's dead. I, I better move <laughs> well, on now. No shit. You no know? oh, darn uh Daniela barbosa plays oh we've already covered her she was in a uh, wish upon and flatliners the 2017 remake not okay. the original that had uh kevin bacon in it was
1: the remake good because i heard uh, i heard the original is top notch
0: the original is top notch i w- i've not watched the the remake i'm kind of afraid to you because scared? i love that first movie so so much
1: what would flatliners go under what what season
0: it's kind of like death, you know, uh it, it would go in the same season as uh Final Destiny. Yeah, I was about to say we it, need to
1: have a death season, apparently. Yeah,
0: it's 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 like a Grim Reaper, like, you know, mad that they're messing with his, you know, uh purview and like how he just keeps like taunting them like by dying and then like pulling themselves back from the brink. Yeah. So it's like he starts sending out uh, souls of the people that they've seen in their you know, or actually they're the souls of the people that they tormented in their youth or whatever. Uh, that that they start seeing and uh, you know having problems with. But yeah, yeah it's it's <clears> kind <throat> of a weird one to classify. They're not really ghosts in that that movie. Okay. Uh, John Ralston plays Stevens, the family butler, um, and uh, he was in Infinity Pool recently and Bitten, which is a TV series.
1: Okay.
0: We have probably the. Uh, the, the next two are the most recognizable for me. We have Adam Brody playing Daniel, uh, Ledomas, who is Alex's, uh, drunk brother. Uh, he was in Shazam fury of the gods, the first Shazam movie scream five incidentally, I guess, because he had such a good working relationship with the two directors, uh, yoga hosers, he was the he was the singer of the band. Oh, in Jennifer's yes. Body.
1: <laughs> Which by the way, I am convinced that the band in Jennifer's body is modeled after, um, oh God, why can't I think of their name right now? Uh, Panic at the disco.
0: Okay. I why, feel like why the music
1: I don't know. I just feel like uh, some I feel like the music is kind of modeled after their music a little bit um it this is just very loosely in my brain when I saw them and I saw the style uh, at the end like the the music video and her killing them (laughs) spoiler alert everybody uh not Jennifer killing them obviously it's a different body killing them but and then I don't know I'm just I don't know why I make that association well we'll look it we're gonna watch it that's in demon season right
0: It it for sure is in Demon season, and we are covering that because I I know people don't like it because they don't like uh, Megan Fox, but that movie's good. It's and it's it's got her our guy Cal Galan or whatever who was the uh, just we just recently covered in uh, the new uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake or whatever who who played the boyfriend in that. It's got him in there playing kind of like an emo kid. You got Megan Fox. uh, Amanda Seyfried is like the main, you know, like actress in the movie. Uh, it's got the guy that plays Jay Jonah Jameson. I can never remember that dude's name, but he's <laughs> great in everything he does. Like it's it's a good movie. It even has a it has your boy in it. Um, played Andy on uh, uh, and uh, Star Lord or whatever in, in oh, the movies. Chris Pratt, yes, uh, yeah, and he, and he's still kind of chunky in that movie. He a little is bit. hot he's, dad uh, bod
1: Star Lord. Yes, <laughs> um. Unofficially, I I thought Jennifer Jennifer's body was good, and you know there's a lot of actors and actresses we're not supposed to like, and we can still like their movies. We can still like their acting.
0: Uh, my if bloody I, Valentine. Three. Yeah, if <laughs> I can make it through
1: a Jensen Ackles TV show and a movie, y'all can handle Jennifer's body. Calm down, you're being dramatic.
0: Uh, and Adam Brody was also in the Ring American movie from 2002, yeah, so he's, like, he's got some good movies behind him.
1: I like Adam Brody. I've never not liked him, and I don't think he gets enough credit in Hollywood.
0: He's great in this movie. Like, he really sells that character. We'll get into it a little bit yeah. more when we discuss it, but, I mean, I, I like him um, amongst her, the her the family. He's probably the best. Uh, Andy McDowell plays Beck Ladomus uh, who is the uh, Alex's mother and the patriarch of the family. She is the woman from Groundhog day that <laughs> Bill Murray ends up falling in love with of so course. you have seen her
1: why wouldn't he she's hot she may, I think she's hotter now uh as of today she's sixty five years old uh hide and Seek came out when
0: twenty nineteen
1: okay so she was. A 61. Of yeah, 61. Yeah, 61, okay, hot, and you can tell that the maids that are not maids are loosely based off of what this woman used to look like. They're all brunette. Yeah,
0: but, yeah they're all brunette. They've all got their hair tied back like mm-hmm. she tries to keep hers, the dark makeup. Yeah, they, you're right. They do yeah. have an appearance like her. They got a
1: sleek, dark look that she has, and her husband's trying to keep that going. But, homie, have you seen what you're married to? You need to stick <laughs> to the classic.
0: For her age, and I mean, even if you watch this movie in like 4K, like she, she, I know it. You know, there, there's uh, Botox out there, but yeah. like, I mean, she is aged well. Like, even with Botox and stuff, she doesn't have that weird Botox look. Like, she's Mm-mm. not like her face still makes like Andy McDowell always did. She always had like these kind of smiles that like can you know extended across her face. Yeah, you know, like the, whenever she looks sad or you know upset, like. She could really, she still does. I mean, so it's not really, if she's been using Botox, it's not caused any kind of paralysis. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm looking at a picture of her right now, and she has got crow's feet galore that extend to the tip of her eyebrows, she's got wrinkles in her nose, she's got the uh, crow's feet on the sides of her mouth, and she's got the little um, bagginess under her eyes that we start getting. get. I'm fucking starting to get it in my 40s. And she's still fucking gorgeous. So, girl, rock it. Like, I, it, it looks like, if anything, she's gotten Botox maybe between her eyebrows where you get the mom, I call it the mom angry wrinkle, you know? Uh, maybe she's gotten that, but other than that, the woman is naturally gorgeous, so...
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I I don't know where she's from. I was trying to look it up just now while you were speaking, but I didn't. I don't really see. But she's always kind of had like a southern accent to her too, and I oh. you know that kind of adds to you know. I don't know something about that kind of adds to her, makes her a little bit different than like the standard you know actress or whatever.
1: Uh, uh Gaffney, um, South Carolina.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's, but that, I mean, that makes her kind of stand out and kind of gives her more, I don't know, appeal than just like your mm. stock, like actress in Hollywood. Oh, because yeah. she doesn't have that flat American accent that does, you know, it could be anywhere. Yeah. Um, she was also in Four Weddings and a Funeral, Hudson Hawk. I, I like Hudson Hawk. I know people hate that Bruce Willis movie. I think it's fun. Uh, you know, go back and give it a chance. It's not a bad little action movie. Uh, Sex Lies, and videotape, and Muppets from Space of all things, she was yeah. in that. So, uh, Nikki Quaidogny uh, plays Aunt Helene. <laughs> uh, she, she, yeah, she. Ugh. Uh, even the young actress who, or the actress who played her when she was younger, didn't really uh, wasn't the greatest looking. Mm-hmm. But man, the older lady, she looks like some kind of hag that crawled out from swamp or something. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, She was in the 1997 horror movie, The Cube, or just Cube, I guess. Unofficially like that movie. You what now? I unofficially like that movie. Okay. Uh, Crash and Silent Hill, and I think we both love that movie. And I don't know. (laughs) Silent Hill might be covered under Demon Season 2, although it's weird because they they go into an alternate dimension that's kind of got demonic stuff, but then they're also ghosts. So I don't know where Silent Hill really falls.
1: Um... What are we, we're, it doesn't fall, does it fall under witchcraft season? Cause I feel like they also have witchcraftery in there.
0: Mm, it could maybe I'd have know. to go back and see the, like description of it. Cause the games are not based on the games are basically like the guy's dying. He's in purgatory and doesn't know it. And like the town, is like a representation of like all of his sins. Are we having like, a dream.
1: random monster season?
0: We are going to have that, but I don't know if the, the, those, uh, Weirdly sexy, scary huh? nuns are considered monsters for the purpose of that. We'll we'll have to see. We'll just throw it in. Some yeah, season, it's gonna whatever. go somewhere.
1: We have to review it though. Maybe yeah. if we have like a ghost town. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough films to cover that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll just have to throw it in somewhere and say, listen, this is what's getting classified. As. Yeah. Uh, Christian Brunn plays Fitch Bradley. <laughs> Oh, who is uh, Emily's husband? And uh, you just imagine a random rich douche, and and that's what Fitch is.
1: I feel I like mean, he married into rich because he doesn't seem like he's
0: no, he's 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 definitely a dude bro who married into a rich yes. family, and then yeah. he's
1: trying to act like he's rich.
0: Yeah, and that's the reason I say he's a, a rich douche. He 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 obviously never came from money, but like he likes to use. Yeah. Throw that around that he's got money. You yeah. Know.
1: From your wife that doesn't like you.
0: <laughs> uh he was in Snowpiercer and in slash uh slash black. Uh slash with a hat slash mark black. So whatever that is. Uh Elise Levesque or Levesque uh plays Charity ladomus who is Daniel's wife. Uh she's a gold digging whore. No. Oh, yeah. uh, and she and she even admits it uh stargate universe the originals orphan black slumber or slumber party massacre the 2012 version that we did not review and the haunting of sorority rose so she's kind of got been hired in a lot of movies i guess because she's got that pretty girl look to her she's not really stacked i mean if you look at her in a movie she's very slim but she is pretty in the face
1: yeah she's definitely got a model's body yeah and not an ugly face so yeah
0: uh, Melanie Scrofano plays uh, Emil Ladanomis, uh Bradley, uh, Alex's sister. The funniest thing about, well, first of all, she's in Saw 6. She was in Robocop Remake. She was the main actress in Winona Earp, the TV series. She played Winona Earp. The funniest thing about her is she plays Miss McMurray in Letterkenny for anybody who's ever saw that show. And that is hilarious because. Have, have you saw that, Urena? Have no, you saw I keep being
1: told I need to watch Letter Kenny.
0: You you really need to watch it. But basically, she has got a super thick Canadian accent. Uh, she mumbles her words. Actually, I would say you would. She slurs them because in this movie, she's on coke the entire movie. And Letter Kenny, she's always drunk, and she's also. Um, uh, it's weird. It's a weird description. She's. She's married to Mister McMurray, who also he. They're kind of like Canadian rednecks in the sense that they slur the words and you can barely understand them. Yeah. But they're also horn dogs, and not all, only just for each other, but uh, they like to have group sex, and oh or at God. least they imply that. So she's she's always talking about how wet she is in a very slurred Canadian accent. Good like lord! You you have to see it. I mean, if you can look up a clip of Mrs. McMurray and just see her describe some things, it's hilarious. Um, and it's just weird to see her in this movie cause she's playing totally opposite. Like him, a uh, or whatever. She is not like Mrs. McMurray whatsoever. Uh, she was also in an episode of supernatural. So of like, course. there's that. I feel like anybody who's Canadian actor or just ends up in super yeah. supernatural. At You've some point. been
1: on, at least been on the set of supernatural.
0: Um, Leo McDonald plays Georgie Bradley, son of a and Fitch. Uh, he was in it, chapter two. Aww. Uh Ethan Tavares plays Gabe Bradley, the the son of Emil and Fitch, and he was in the boys for at least an episode. Okay. So that's that's kind of got a supernatural link to it, just yes. because of the showrunner. Uh, Henry Zerny plays Ton Ladomas, who is the patriarch of the family, the dad. Uh, I thought he was Tony. Mission... What's
1: that? I thought it was Tony.
0: Uh, well, maybe it was Tony. Maybe I just copied it wrong. So we'll say Tony. We'll go with that um anyways uh he was in, he's in the mission impossible series he plays like the guy who always gives tom cruise like the the impossible mission oh okay Knows way to go uh, he was yeah clear and present danger the pink panther 2005 movie he was in scream six so again wow. working relationship with the two directors you know nice uh and also in the girl next door um which Almost has a horror, even though it's a sex comedy. It almost has a horror element in the sense that, uh, you know, the uh, another scream actor uh, was uh, who's in it, like has a, like a very very dark turn. Um, I'm trying to think of that actor's name. Uh, let's see. Do a little it is. On. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. Oh that's yeah, I thinking on his name. Yeah, he plays like this uh, porn director and the girl next door, and like he goes from zero to insane in like the course of one scene. Like he is joking. Actually, it reminds me quite a bit of, of what John Jarrett does in our next set of movies. He goes from being very you know nice and charismatic to being like this guy who is threatening to kill you in the next scene in that movie. So it's it's kind of crazy. And then we finish out the movie with Mark O'Brien, who plays Alex Ladonomas or Domas, Uh, Grace's husband, uh, who he is a pretty shitty guy when it's all said and done. Oh yeah, we'll get into that. She married the
1: wrong brother.
0: Yeah, she technically did. We'll talk about that. Uh, he was in The Arrival, uh, Halt and Catch Fire, City on a Hill, Bad Times at the El Royale, and The Darkest Minds.
1: Never heard of any of them.
0: Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale is a pretty fun movie. It's basically like a bunch of strangers meet up in this one run-down Vegas hotel. They've all got reasons for being there. I can't remember off the top of my head why that is, but it's basically like you see. It's just like... Uh, the reason it's bad times is because they all end up having like some kind of dark past and it all comes to play while they're there. It's, and I think it even has guy plays Thor in the movies or whatever, you know, like he, he's even in it. Wow. Um, synopsis, all grace ever wanted was a family to call her own. She thought she had hit the jackpot when she landed the heir to a gaming empire. Unfortunately, this family has a bit of a dark side, and Grace is going to learn firsthand what happens when old debts get called. Maids get shotgun blasts to the face. The bride goes through the wedding night from hell, and Mr. LaBelle explodes a bunch of rich, petulant assholes into red paste. Remember, in laws can be murder. Ugh. Can they? <laughs> uh, body count. We have got 15 counted, 20 plus non counted. Yes. Uh, Charles is shot with a crossbow and killed behind locked doors at, uh, or behind doors in the beginning of the movie. Clara is shot in the face and bleeds out. Tina is shot with a bolt, decapitated with a battle axe by Aunt Helene because she's still technically alive. She
1: keeps making noise.
0: (laughs) Uh, Dora is crushed to death by a Ah. Uh, dumbwaiter. That's what you get.
1: Snitches get stitches, bitch.
0: That's true uh stevens is killed in a car crash yeah uh daniel ladomas is shot in the neck by charity uh that's the only one that that hits that, that you yeah. really care about in the movie oh yeah becky Ladomus is beaten to death with labelle's box that one's called for uh, Anne Helene is blown up by LaBelle. Fitch Bradley is blown up bl- by LaBelle. Charity Ladomus is blown up by LaBelle. Emily Ladomus Bradley is blown up by LaBelle. Georgie Bradley is str- blown up by LaBelle. Gabe is blown up by LaBelle. Tony is blown up by LaBelle. And Alex is blown up by LaBelle. So most of the people in the movie die because of the demon calling his, his, uh, his payment back. Yeah. Right, because they failed to meet their end of the bargain. And our main actress doesn't actually really kill anybody, but uh, Becky and um, and Stevens. Stevens, really. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so her the, our final girl is pretty innocent most of this. Funny thing about that, did you notice her name? Grace. Yes, it's very fitting that when Grace is trying is brought into the family of of demonic worshippers that you know. They, they it, it makes them all uncomfortable.
1: Amazing, Grace. Also, um, and I'm sure we'll point this out in the, uh, when we start talking, but did you notice as her character progresses, the color of her dress changes?
0: Uh, yeah. It goes from like uh, what bright white to like, uh, I mean, I know it gets covered in blood. Oh, but yeah. I mean, um, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, My favorite thing that she does in the movie because it's just so feminine and appropriate is when she, she, it's not how she kills Stevens because that's like just car accident where she kicks him and he drives up the road. Yeah. She chokes him out with a piece of her wedding dress. Oh, yeah. I love that that I mean if that's if there's any final girl moment that fits the you know like a woman taking her power, it's taking a piece of your own wedding dress and choking somebody out with it
1: that wedding dress her her. <laughs> She was taken for granted, not so much for granted, well, I guess you could say that, because of that dress made her look so innocent and pure, which she is supposed to represent. I mean, fuck, her name's Grace. But also, it was also supposed to represent that she was not going to make it. I mean, she literally thinks they're playing a game. The song's playing. She's running up to her room. She took off her shoes. And she's just tiptoeing around. She's carrying her shoes still, her high heels, you Mm -hmm. know. And not taking it very seriously, and you're like, girl, you're done for. Like, these people fucking mean business. You get to see what's going on behind doors. But that dress, it just plays a role throughout the film. I mean, literally, obviously, she chokes him out with her dress. But also, she has to rip apart the dress. The thing that is symbolizing, you know, what was supposed to be happening of this girl entering this family into happiness and love and purity... And she's like, fuck, I got to survive. And she turned that thing into a, what, a, a, a T-length dress at that point.
0: Well, she tears off the bottom half of it, which it, I guess you could say that kind of represents her marriage dissolving. Yeah. As we see, you know, in the movie. But, like, she tears off the bottom so she can movies. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, she has to tear off one strip because her hand has been shot through, so she uses yes. it as a bandage. Uh, she uses one chunk of it to, you know, choke out Steven's. And then she has to, uh, she tears off the arms, I think, because they've been ripped to shreds when she's trying to get out the gate or yeah. something like that. Oh, 100%.
1: So, I thought I thought using that dress over and over was a great plan.
0: Yeah, and it fits the movie. I mean, it's pretty good uh, effect uh, or story point. Uh, non-counted is all the corpses that are hidden beneath the barn in that pit. I mean, yeah. there are multiple bodies. You see Charles. I mean, he's he's there. But there's a lot of other bodies besides him that's down there in that little pit, death pit. Which
1: is insane. Well, I guess not insane. But, I mean, at this point, they had not have to, had to play the hide-and-seek game since Charles. Which Yeah,
0: it had been like 30 years. Or, or, more, or more, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they said it was in the 80s. So, uh, by 2019, it's almost 40 years at that yeah. point or something. Yeah. Um, other taglines, there's not a whole lot. Uh, the game begins and they're coming. Not very good.
1: Yeah. The first one. Definitely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the in-laws can be murdered. That's pretty good one too. Uh, quotes, uh, police officer, Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Grace (laughs) in-laws.
1: How do you, how do you think she explained that?
0: (laughs) I don't know how she described it or how explained it and something else, um, the one thing that kind of represents that grace did have a little bit to her that, that she would survive is at the beginning of it, whenever she's lighting up the cigarette or whatever. And like, you know, Alex comes in, which they mentioned this, I think in the trivia, that's bad luck. First of all, he walked in on her, you know, before they got married, oh, so yeah. that kinda, you know, you know, that plays into it, but he gives her a look. It's like, he tells her, he's like, you, are you smoking in my room? And she, she kind of gives him like this, uh, sultry, like wink or whatever. or like, eyebrow raise or whatever like yeah Yeah. you know what are you gonna do about it that shows that there's a little bit more spunk to her than just you know like this little tee hee girl but anyways um tony ladomas uh to daniel do you think this is a fucking game daniel's like yes hide and seek remember uh daniel don't take it personally they're just trying to figure out if you're a gold digging whore you know like my wife
1: oh
0: passing driver driving off after seeing the blood splattered grace get the fuck out of the road and then grace is like what the fuck is wrong with you, you fucking asshole piece of shit oh yeah dick liquor fucking asshole fucking die she had she
1: had she had had it at this yeah. point
0: um it's funny too that's one link between the these two movies besides the australian act you know like the the the, the main actors and actresses are australian is the fact that in both wolf creek movies when the 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 victims are finally made away from the killer they're out in the road they they try to wave down a passerby and they just pass them right on up and leave them stranded
1: i mean one stopped (laughs) we'll talk about
0: that yeah well uh one stops in um well, no, I don't think they do stop in the second movie. We'll get uh, that. Yeah. We'll about I, I wouldn't know too. the second
1: movie. The first one he stopped, but then he also stopped living. So, well.
0: <laughs> yes. But I'm just saying uh, they, they do get passed up. Well, there is a scene, though, where they, they cuss out somebody because they don't, like, stop for them or whatever. Yeah. But that but a two for sure does that. I
1: don't know that I would. I, I, and I was thinking about that, too. I know we're going a little off topic here, but actually, no, we're not, because Samara Weaving, you – I I don't know what I would do, because you can't trust anybody anymore.
0: Well, and the funny thing is, is Wolf Creek 2 teaches us that if you do that, you become the next target. And we'll get into that one. Yeah. Let's see. Grace to Alex, who is begging for forgiveness. I want a divorce. Yep.
1: (laughs) You don't have to. The marriage isn't consummated. You tried. He declined.
0: That's true. Uh, Grace, fuck your fucking family. That's, that's pretty appropriate. Yeah, uh, Alex Ledomas. Hey, you wanted to get married, Grace. So it's my fucking fault. Are you fucking serious? Uh, that's the moment where like it, there, we'll get into the discussion about like when Alex turned, but like him saying that for sure was like a uh, bullshit, you know, it's yeah. like she's getting stalked by his family. It's like, he throws that in her face. It's like, well, you was the one, one to get married. I told her, we said that we could just stay, you know, like, you know, just, shack up together or whatever and she's like you're blaming me for this nonsense
1: well did you the whole argument i i have to agree with him to a degree because he said she's like you could have just told me could he could he have told her that
0: that they were psychotic and yeah devil worshipers probably not and
1: then what she and she would have did exactly what he said he said you would have left he didn't want her to leave so but it's like, okay, at what point you're going to lose her one way or another. Either you're going to die from this family curse because you didn't play the game, or she's going to die because she's got to play the game. You you need to stand your ground, buddy. Like, you guys need to have, I don't know. Obviously, we wouldn't have had the movie if he had stood his ground, so. <laughs>
0: um, and then finally, Fitch, because it's one of the best lines in the movie. Don't be a bitch, Fitch. You got this bitch. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> I have one too. I thought it was funny. All right. They were talking about, they were talking about the sticking to tradition, no cameras, you know? Yeah. And Using
0: uh, weapons that were from like the 1800s. Yes.
1: And then, uh, the, the one of the sisters or the one of the wives who married in she's like i've got a gun in my purse and he's like N- uh, we can't do modern like they keep saying you know they're going back and forth on the modern and the grandma's like you pick and you choose you pick and you choose you know and then uh the yeah, one of the brothers is like what was up with the mask and he's like oh that was your uncle it was the 80s
0: it, yeah it was the 80s it's a whole thing <laughs> you know that's basically how i described it. <laughs> Actually, they said it was the grandpa that did oh, it. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He was, he was the one that was really into the mask.
1: Yeah, what was up with the mask? Oh, it was your grandpa's the 80s.
0: <laughs> All right, starting out visually. This movie has a definite visual tone. It is like a, it's, it's borders on sepia, but it's yep. more of a golden hue. Yes. And it's kind of just, it's like an old uh money look to it which is appropriate i think for what they're you know trying to represent that they're an old rich family you know
1: yeah i mean and it changes too at the end but that's because there's about to be a change
0: yeah well at the very end it's more like bluish tint like what yeah. she's made it out with a fire behind her uh and it's got a bright uh, colorful look to it before they get married, which is a good, like, visual, you know, and
1: Yeah, I just thought of something. Is she rich?
0: Somebody pointed this out. She would be the sole heir to yes. all that money.
1: Yeah, th- there is yeah. no living heir. I mean, she's no, going it- to have some splaining to do. They're going to want to know how she survived a whole night her dress is fucking covered in blood and then, I mean, obviously, there's not going to be any bodies to find, which is, in a fire that might be, you know, you can't find skeletons.
0: Uh, she's gonna have some explaining to do. And when they search the property, they're going to find all the dead bodies. That's that true. That might there. go in her favor. It, it, that could go in her favor, but it could be like Wolf Creek, both movies where at the end of a spoiler alert, the hero always gets put on trial because mm-hmm. it looks like they were the ones that did it.
1: It's possible. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> when she gets through all that, she's going to fucking be rich.
0: She will be rich, though. She Somebody points that out, that she is the sole heir to that fortune at that point. Uh, she played the game, and she won. <laughs> and LaBelle actually gives her a nod and a smile. Yeah.
1: He's going to make sure she scene. wins. Hopefully, she doesn't owe him anything, but...
0: She, she never agreed... Well, yeah. I don't know. She was married, but she didn't officially agree to anything. Yeah. I don't know how that contract works, though. Well, we, because... like we said,
1: marriage wasn't consummated, so... Oh, no.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, she played the game. I don't know if the game is what, you know, like, I mean, but.
1: Yeah, she played and she won. She technically won. And he won by getting all the souls of the people. Yeah. That, you know.
0: That he'd been waiting to, to claim anyways. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were enjoying the riches, but he was just like, you're going to fuck up eventually. Yeah, and, you know.
1: Here's the bitch. <laughs> yeah, visuals but. were amazing, in this the lighting was perfection. I mean, here you have her down a dark hallway, hiding in a dumb waiter, and still managed to keep up the good light lighting tone and everything to see what's going on.
0: Yeah, they, they're able to keep everything lit to the point. It's not like, you know, when you get like a, you know, like we've mentioned this many times, like you get like a smaller movie, independent movie. Yeah, Lighting is the number one factor that differentiates a studio film to a, like a little small independent movie because those dark scenes would have been so dark you'd barely been able to, but the, all the faces are perfectly, you know, like lit up, yeah. you and know, only, in all the scenes.
1: Only six million to make this film
0: yeah and well the, the one place they probably saved the money is that some of the the uh, especially toward the end with the explosions yeah. you could tell that was like cgi oh, it, wasn't yeah. the, it wasn't the best cgi it was passable i'm not gonna say it's not bad but it wasn't like when you saw it it was not like if you was watching like john carpenter's the thing and be like how the fuck did they come up with these like creatures or whatever yeah. no, you saw you saw the bodies explode it looked like something you'd see on supernatural honestly yes you know but
1: also to be fair this is a horror comedy
0: it is. Yeah. And it gets a little bit of leeway because they don't have to be as, uh, but I, I will say this. They did a good job on the dead bodies in the pit because they looked slimy, rotten, yeah. and gross. I don't like it. Yeah. they And I was worried that she was going to get some kind of disease from her hand being like oh, in proximity yeah. to all those dead bodies.
1: Ugh, gross. <laughs> I don't like it.
0: And they did a good job of like whenever she's like actually hurt that the hole through her hand, that looked yeah. good. You know, so the, the, the visuals for, I mean, the, you know, for the blood and dismemberment and all that generally look pretty good. It's just explosions stand or a little bit, whatever, but the fire looked good too. I'll give them that. They, yeah. they might've set a real fire. I don't know. Fire.
1: Know. Um, also one really good visual, um, the, the burnt face of the butler when she threw hot tea at him.
0: Yeah, they did a pretty good job of that. And even LaBelle, yeah. for like the split second that he's there, they, mm-hmm. they did a good Frighteners type look. Yes, you can he had a very Frighteners.
1: That's a perfect way to describe that. <laughs>
0: uh, let's see. Uh, and the movie, the movie, if you're watching 4K, is really clear. Like, the you know, all the imagery is like just, you know, I mean, there's not like anything fuzzy or out of focus at all throughout the movie. So they, they did a good job of, Frame and even the scenes how they're framed oh yeah um this goes in the story but the guy who wrote uh, or the people who wrote the screenplay have to be given credit for this they do such a good job with such limited amount of time at the beginning of this very this movie they introduce you to all the characters and their basic character traits like within seconds oh yeah I mean, you, when when you meet each individual family member, like when you meet Daniel for the first time, you can tell he's you know he's kind of slurring his words. He doesn't really care. He's kind of checked out. Uh, his wife is like a little too intense, you know, about her stuff. Uh, you know, Andy McDowell is kind of like you know, welcome to the family, but you know, we'll totally kill you if we you know have to. Uh, the dad is all about tradition. I mean, like they each character gets enough just in. Very like I want to say it's like five minutes at the beginning of the movie. You get enough about each character, you're like okay, I I don't need anything else about these people to know how they're going to act and, and what their motivations are. Yeah, that's tight screenplay work. I mean they they did a good job with that because there's some movies that spend the entire movie describing two people and they still don't get it right. You know, at, yeah. By the end. Um, the story itself is pretty. You know. Is pretty simple. I mean, it's just like a, a game of hide and seek, just turned deadly. But I mean, it's the concept of adding La and then the family. You know, uh, where they they were a gaming empire that was based upon like back in the Civil War. Like the, the the great patriarch of the family was like a playing card magnate, and it's it's a good little like almost like a campfire scene type tale. Whenever he is relating that information with the card, or whenever the, the as he's passing LaBelle's box around. Um, and I like too, because it's natural and it it seems right while he's trying to tell her the story. And even as a person watching the movie, you're, you're like grace, you're trying to focus on what he's saying, but then everybody around them is like doing random things like around the table. That's kind of distracting and you kind of miss a few things that he's saying, but that's realistic because if you've ever been in a social setting with people, even if one person's talking, like you'll, somebody will make some kind of weird facial, you know, uh, movement or you know like or gesture and then they'll or they'll say something out of the way and you'll be like what they just say you know like and, and so they, they did a good job with that too yeah um i don't know is there anything about like the story that re- really stood out to you i just i enjoy the fact that they like i said they gave like grace like very feminine qualities like there's no point in this movie that i felt like she ever took on like a man's like you know persona or anything she's very feminine very uh you know soft in her like but she toughens by the end of the movie and it does a good job of showing like she placed her own strengths when she can and luck sometimes plays a factor in in saving her
1: yeah um there is something that stood out to me in this film in this story and that was becky ladomas because she liked grace uh and she for some reason had faith in grace Um, and, and I want to know what the meaning behind that was. Like, I know at the end of the day, she still wants to survive and they got to do what they got to do, but there's a reason she's not the final girl. She didn't want to live. And I can't help, but wonder, was she tired of the games or what was it about this new girl that she was like, look, I love you, but I also have to live, but didn't feel like she didn't try super hard.
0: I feel like she saw in grace what she had given up. You know, like her soul, basically. Like, oh she, yeah. But at the, but at the same time, she was trying to corrupt Grace because if you remember, there's a scene where she's sitting there talking to Grace, talking Grace off to the side, and uh, that's right whenever they're getting ready, to, right before the game. And she's like, "So how into this are you? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to be with Alex?" And she's like, "Of course I am." And she's like, "That's my girl," you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So even there was that even though she's she's you know there's something in grace that like an innocence that she wishes she had she also still is trying to pull her pull her into the the damnation at, yeah. even in that moment um, I did want to mention this uh, Daniel this is a good time to discuss oh, yes him. he's he's the best character in the movie mm-hmm uh, they do a good job of giving him a character arc. With like, he's Adam Brody's hardly in the movie, but mm-hmm. when he is, each scene gives a little bit more to his character arc. Yeah, you you can tell he really he dearly loves his brother um he he's looking out for alex even at the beginning scene whenever he pushes alex you know as a kid into the you know the cupboard or whatever the uh and and kind of or armoire and like you know kind of hides him from like the the worst seeing the worst of everything yeah um but then later like he goes out of his way to like save grace and um he and and the whole time the reason i love his character and, and she even asked him it's like well you know try to escape with me and and he's like no i'm damned and like he's doing all this knowing that there's no salvation for him yeah but he's but he's trying his best to do it to get at least save her and possibly save his brother at the same time yeah um and and it's it's a strong character that like you don't normally get in a movie like that i mean you know somebody who's who acknowledges their own faults and that they'll never really ever get redemption, but they're looking out for other people with a good intent.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Um, even that scene, I mean, like he, he knocks grace out, but he only does it so that whenever they get in there, because he knows he's poisoned the family that get, that's, that's the only way he knows of, because he knows the dad is behind him with the shotgun or the rifle or whatever it is. So if grace tries to run, she'll be shot in the back. So he knows that he has to knock her out at that point. So that later he can possibly get her out of the, the the situation she's in.
1: Yeah, he is a complicated character because there's so many. Well, he's mostly trying to save her. Like he he's right. Where he's like, I have to tell on you. You know, I have to tell them yeah. you're here.
0: But but he gives her he gives her time to get away.
1: Yes, which I. And he,
0: and, and what I was going to say, the other thing I like about that is he, there's a little bit of another part of his character in that scene because he's just so, so, so uh, like he, he is, he's just so fed up with everything oh yeah and like, and, and, uh, apathetic is I guess the word that I'm looking for that he's like, I'm going to report on you, but if they come in here, uh, you know, they'll probably say that I'll let you go. I don't care. You yeah. Know, whatever. What are they going to do? <laughs> Yeah, what are they gonna do? Kill me? You know, like that's basically how he feels about it. And it's it's. I mean, like I said, they have got a lot to work with now. On the opposite side of that, what do you think about Alex? Because the one question I was gonna have for you is, when do you think Alex had his turn in the movie? From a, a he was looking out for Grace because he does. He looks out for her and he cares about her through the first portion of the movie until he's tied, you know, handcuffed to the bed. And there's a point after that. That he makes his turn. So what do you think was the official reason that he made his turn?
1: I've watched this movie three times total. Probably. Yeah, three times. And I still can't pin down when I think that he made his turn. It's so, to me, from my perspective, it's so light switch that I'm like, what the fuck happened?
0: So here's the things that leads up to it. Uh, he So he acts like he's asleep whenever his family's in there talking about whenever he was younger and how he is the chosen one of LaBelle. Like he is the one that is going to lead the family going forward because he saw LaBelle. Nobody else oh, has ever seen okay. LaBelle. Oh, I do
1: remember that, Yeah.
0: And whenever they leave, he's got this weird smirk on his face. Like, you know, whenever he, you know, he wakes up, which it's not really waking up, it's just he opens his eyes so the audience knows that he's been, a you know, faking sleep the entire time. Yeah. He's got a smile on his face. I don't know what that smile means. If he's like, you know, if he's, if he's still planning on getting out of this or if he's like, I'm, you know, he's happy that he's the chosen one in the situation. I'm but the we'll chosen
1: put- one. Yeah, I don't, I, okay, I, did, I never placed that together, but that makes so much sense.
0: Um, there's that moment, but then, okay. So he comes in there and he sees, uh, uh Daniel's wife is knocked out because Grace has knocked her out, not killed her, but knocked her out. I think, um, but, uh, ch- Charity or whatever her name is, she has shot Daniel and killed him. And if you came in from an outside observation, it looks like Grace killed Daniel yeah because she has got his blood on her in addition to all the blood she has on herself anyways because uh, she tried to you know stem the wound a little bit she tried to save him because she did care about him yeah um she is she's got the gun she actually stole the gun from charity or whatever her name is and knocked her out with it so she's got the the murder weapon so I mean and and Alex has not seen any of the stuff that happened previously so he could assume that Grace killed his beloved brother Secondly, he does see her l- obliterate his mom. Like they there's are. no if uh, if or butts back, she takes LaBelle's box, and that's the one point in the movie where Grace loses it. And uh, and <laughs> not she lost her of, grace. Yeah, I mean the exa- that's what exactly what I'm saying. Like she doesn't just lose her status of being like her cool. She you know who, who wouldn't lose it by that point, but she loses a little bit of her like innocence in the in in that scene because. She could have let Andy McDowell just lay there. Yeah. She continued and finished off that woman. Like and 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 Alex saw that.
1: Maybe in a way she knew if she hadn't done that, there was a possibility that you know <laughs> Becky could come back like Mick in <laughs> in the next film that we're reviewing. <laughs> Wolf Creek. Because I don't be trusting these dead bodies no more. If any if slasher season has taught me anything, it's like you might as well just behead them. Just fucking behead them. Because even if they come back to life after that, they're not gonna be able to see where they're going. You know?
0: Unless they're uh, the fun police, and then they'll make yes. sure that they find you no matter what. Exactly,
1: just dismember the whole body.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that scene, I think, is, to me, I think that's a turning point for him because he he still th- he he's unsure if she was the one that killed Daniel, but he knows for a fact that she went psycho and killed his mom. Yeah, and. It's, it's, that's a hard choice. Like, and I think they even bring it up earlier in the movie. If you have a choice between your mom and your wife, which do you choose? Oh, Jesus. And I mean, she, he just saw his, his, you know, wife kill his mother. I, I think that's when he made his turn. Now, I mean, I, I could be wrong about that, but that to me is when he finally made it. He was like, he, he didn't want to sign on with them. But then when he saw that happen, it's like. That was my mom. Like, even if the guy... I mean, he didn't hate his mother as bad as he said he did. Like, he really didn't. He maybe hated his father, but he didn't hate his mother.
1: Maybe he was the chosen one because LaBelle knew this is going to be the one that weakens his family and gets me what I want.
0: It could be. Um, it could have been that in he saw in Alex the potential to... Uh, he was, if, if he was offered grace you know, and I'm, yeah. I mean, that is both a pun and literally what they meant in the movie, that he would turn his back on it and, and become more evil than any of the, the ones previously because they were a weak family at that point. Like, they, if you watch the movie, that's the other thing I was going to bring up. They are very, like, p- bad at killing. Like, none, oh, yeah. of has, none of them has their heart in it. All they care about is the money. They don't care about keeping the power uh, the way that the old-timers would no. have. no. Like, and so they just wanted he, to live
1: more than anything and not have to put in the work to live.
0: Yes, they, they wanted all the stuff that LaBelle offered, but they didn't want to have to give the sacrifices that LaBelle required of them. Alex is a different story because even though he was innocent and took away from the family, he had that look on his face. At the end of it is like, I will kill anybody that comes in my path because of what just transpired. Yeah. So, I can see that being the case. Now, one thing I was going to say, uh, this goes back to them being weak. Is there a point in the movie? And I don't know if this is supposed to be a goof or if this, I could see this being argued as like, uh, you know, from a good screenwriting point of view that they put this in there to make the family look like they didn't know what they were talking about. But there is a point where the father, Tony, gets mad and he tells them, he's like, you have to aim for the center of gravity. Yeah, That's not what you call that. It's center of mass. So if you know anything about shooting, it's center of mass. When he said that, for a second, it's like, what is, are these people idiots? But I'm like, no, that represents they really don't know anything about weapons. (gasps)
1: Yeah, okay. I was trying, in my head, I was like, center of gravity. Is that just, like, where your hand falls when you kind of lift it up? Like, it didn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, I think he meant center of mass, and Now, you could argue it from one side that the screenwriter maybe didn't even know that's what it was called, and they just flubbed it up. But I think it adds to the movie because that rich asshole had never hunted, never took a class or, you know, any kind of, like, gun training whatsoever. So for him to call it that, it was just like, I'm going to throw out a random word, you know, center of gravity, you know.
1: At the same time, I think, honestly, none of this family wanted her to pull the the hide-or-seek card.
0: No, I think they, I think most of them, even Emil, liked her to a certain degree. Yeah. They, just, and they didn't want this to go through that way.
1: No, I uh, mean, I wouldn't want to kill this. But I, would want to, I would want to survive the, the easiest way. Play a game of backgammon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think the only one who didn't care was Helene, and that's because she had everything taken away from her. And so she was like, if I've got to suffer, you all have to suffer.
1: Um, which one is Helene again?
0: The crazy aunt with the white oh and yeah the metal yeah axe.
1: she's like now die oh my god she's fucking wild
0: I, yeah I think she was the way I, she was the only one that that wanted that to happen because she had to watch her husband get killed you know and she was just like fuck you all you know yeah. I'm the only one who's actually had to suffer in the past forty years with this shit so deal with it um but yeah I mean I that, that's just I mean I. That little part with the center of gravity—I just—you uh, can argue it however you want to. Bad screenwriting, good screenwriting, but I—I I think it adds to the fact that they—they they really don't know what they're doing. Yeah,
1: I think so. Uh,
0: acting in the movie—I don't—I don't think anybody was that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't really—I mean, even the guy who played Fetch—I mean, he—it was—he was the comic relief and he did a good job at. It, yeah, so.
1: I mean, I liked how he had to go in the bathroom to kind of learn how to shoot a crossbow.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Like he's like I, th- I think i ate something bad and he's in there and he's watching this is how you use a crossbow yeah.
1: yeah and it's like okay like i i get that like he's got a game that he fucking has to play he gets it you know which is funny because it's like he didn't have to play that game so at what point do they initiate their family by saying hey by the way if somebody else gets married we're gonna have to do this
0: yeah, I don't know when they tell them that. It's maybe after they've had their little game of backgammon or chess or whatever, you know, like Parcheesi, whatever it is that they, they got lucky with. They're like, you know, we could have pulled a hide-and-seek and seek if we did. You would have had to have been hunted down. And, oh, by the way, if this ever happens, you're going to have to do that.
1: I'm thinking that maybe it's after a couple of years of... Spending frivolously because this family comes from major money and it's like okay uh well now alex is dating somebody shit he's probably getting serious with us he's getting married okay hey got something i gotta tell you if they get married we're going to have to partake in a game and it could be this 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 or this you remember when we got married right well if they pull the hide or seek card Mm -hmm. guess what bitch we're gonna have to kill some bitches
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh one thing I just I thought of, and I wanted to get your opinion on this, the way they react to the help dying in this <laughs> movie, um, do you think that's a good social commentary about how they just don't care about the poors? Because they literally don't. They're like, oh, well, just another, another one of those died, you know?
1: I think they. my opinion is that they feel that way because the help isn't really help. They know the help is just there to suck their dad's dick.
0: That could be it. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. I, I mean, for, for sure, because they even mention it in the movie, you know, yeah, like 100%.
1: I mean, they, they're uh, built like strippers. They're dressed like whores. Let me tell yeah. you, no fucking help in my house is going to be dressed like that. <laughs> Man or woman, you're not going to be showing off your muscles to my husband. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't, I mean, I could see it argued both ways because I mean, just the apathy they have to anybody who's not of their social standing and, and they have that bit of snarkiness to Grace because they know she's not for money, but most of the family's not for money, you know? Yeah. I mean. I
1: felt like they felt differently about the butler. I felt like they cared a little bit more about the butler.
0: They did care about him a little bit more, but and but he seemed like somebody – the way he was so skilled at, like, a lot of things, it almost seemed like he was, like, maybe, like, ex-Special Forces or something that they'd hired in there just to, uh, you know, like his retirement was, I'll be your butler, but I'll also kill some bitches if I have to, you like know. Like
1: security on uh, Pina Coladaburg?
0: Yes, yes that guy. It's like I will go around and drink with me for a little bit, but you know if if anything, you know, happens, you're going to step back up and bust some heads, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but as yeah, going back to the acting, like I I felt like they did a pretty good job overall and especially uh uh Daniel, uh Alex, and uh Grace. I feel like they were the best of the movie to me.
1: Oh, 100%. I feel like they they made you feel about their characters how you were supposed to feel. Like, you're scared for Grace. You are questionable about Alex and what his intentions are for a while.
0: You're, you're questionable, but also you're concerned because yeah. you're afraid that, uh, to me at least when I was watching it, and that came back whenever I was watching it again, because this makes like the second time I've seen it, is that you're concerned that he is going, that he that even though he hates the family, that he there's going to be a point where he has to make a choice and he's not going to choose Grace. And, yes. And, you know, and yeah. that's what happens.
1: I mean, he, he, he has us tricked for a while. I mean, whether he really means it or not, he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. You know, he genuinely does try to help her escape. Uh, and then, of course, Daniel, who you're like, he, he did not like what he saw when he was a kid.
0: No, and that—that's the reason he turned out to be an alcoholic. Whenever he was older, because he, he he couldn't deal with. He was the one that turned in his uncle, and then whenever he saw what happened, he had to live with that. And that's a hell of a thing for a child to have. To oh live yeah,
1: one hundred percent. And protecting his brother, obviously, he—he he tried to prevent his brother from becoming the person who he became. You know, uh, I think LeBelle was focused on the wrong kid. I don't know.
0: Um, I can't remember which one said it. If it was Emil or if it was uh. uh daniel's wife but you know he makes that comment that he's like we deserve to die daniel says that and then she's like my kids don't what do you think about that line because i feel like her her kids they don't they don't paint them as the the kids don't seem innocent to me in this movie i mean especially the one that finds grace he he's more complicit than daniel was whenever he was younger
1: the kids don't deserve to die uh and it's something you have to highly consider when you know this information. Uh, and you know that it's possible somebody can pull that card. Because I'll tell you what, I would fight for my kids to not die. I would try, yeah, to, I, I would try to get the bride to make sure that, that both my son and my daughter live.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that, that's a good motivation point for the character. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like the way they painted, at least one of the youngest one now, he's not really in the movie whatsoever. Yeah. But the the oldest son he doesn't ever seem like he has remorse that he's, that he tried to turn in grace. Like Daniel it's on. I mean, even in the scene at the beginning, when Daniel sees what happens when he turns in his uncle Charles, there's a little bit, it's like, he's almost terror stricken that he, that he resulted like, you know, he was the one that led to his uncle's death, but like uh, Georgie or whatever his name is. Like he, he's kind of like, no, I I found the woman. Like now we're going to have fun and see her die. It's like, yeah, he, I feel like that kid was going to grow up to be a serial killer. I'm just going to throw that out there. Quite possibly. And know? how did
1: the mom raise him? You know, did she raise him as a survivor and he turned into a psychopath? Because that's 100% a thing, you know? Uh, that
0: could be it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, for me, personally, if I was in that situation, would be like, son, go hide in the closet. Daughter, here's a weapon. Here's what's going to happen. You see <laughs> her, you let mom know. And we will come running, you know? I'm going to try to preserve his innocence, but I'm going to take the the little Lucifina and I'm going to have her do her best, you know? Or her worst, whatever side comes out. I don't know. I don't make the rules, okay? (laughs)
0: LaBelle made the rules. Yeah all right and finally music uh i that that fucking song that we played yes. is creepy as fuck
1: that song is super creepy and i loved it i mean because we're watching this again and hearing it and it's just so funny because the look on her face she's so excited for this game you know she's like Yee-y. yeah you know
0: yeah yeah she's all giddy she's like and then she's hiding in the dumb waiter for a few minutes she's like I've waited long enough yeah. to find me. This will be over with. We don't have to worry about this. Is
1: she you know what she's got on her mind? She's got dick on her mind. She's like, as soon as this game is over, I'ma get me some dick. Yeah. I'ma get me I some mean, rich dick. Hopefully I get pregnant by this rich prodigy.
0: Have a have a little anchor baby.
1: Yes. <laughs> you gotta secure it, not just with the with the sex, but you gotta get the baby.
0: Uh, the ending part of it too, which I think we I, I sent you that. Yes, uh, you know there the it's it's pretty it's a decent ending song. It's not as good as the I Robert liked it Palmer a lot. That, yeah, it's but it's not as good as Robert Palmer at the end of X type song. It's not you know it's not got that much punch to it, but it's good for what it is.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, you definitely send me some good songs. I'm like now like as you know we're getting into the editing of these. You're like okay, this is for the intro, this is for the outro, and I'm I'm digging it. I'm all for it. <laughs>
0: the The one song, or the rest of the movie, is mostly like overtures and like classical music. But yeah, it fits, but it fits especially for like Stevens because like the scene where he's just playing the classical oh, yeah. music and, and like he can't hear him, and they're like, "She's behind you, you idiot!" Yes, you know, turn the music which- down. Which is funny because it's it's a reverse of the trope, you know, because usually it's like the survivors seeing, like, you know, the killer pop back up, you know, to take out, like, another survivor. Mm-hmm. But now it's the bad guy seeing the the good guy, you know, come back. It's, yes. it's a little bit of a play on that a little bit. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to say before? I mean, we'll kind of cover it a little bit more again in the awards, but... Uh, anything else about the movie you want to bring up right now?
1: No, I think we got to save that for our final thoughts. Let's get into some trivia so we can uh, comment on that.
0: Okay. 17 different uh, versions of Grace's wedding dress were created by costume designer Avery Plews, uh to show the progress of Grace's knot and how her clothes correspond to her attitude.
1: Oh my God. And they did a great job. This dress was a weapon in itself. It was a weapon and it was a storyteller.
0: Yeah. And, and I like how that they, they had it changed to just like, I mean, I I wouldn't even say just her attitude, but I mean, I guess it could be in a roundabout way, but also like her, like, you know, marriage in general, it's just that it's falling apart. It's tattered. It's, you know, it's done, you know, at some point. Um, Samara weaving had to be taught how to drive or at least how to look like she was driving. Are
1: you fucking kidding (laughs) me? Why? (laughs) Why?
0: Because I guess she's never had to do it. Her dad is like Hugo waving Like, he's okay. He's rich beyond belief. I mean, <laughs>
1: that. I mean, I guess, is he, I have so many questions. Like, are they afraid something will happen to her and she's not allowed to drive on her own? I can understand that. I'm not sure She's judging. from
0: Australia. She is from Mick Taylor's territory. Do you think that she should be out driving in the Outback?
1: So she's from the Outback Outback? She's not from, like,
0: No, no, she's probably, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just making that comment, you Uh, know, like. Oh,
1: oh, yeah, no, I know, I'm like, just waiting. I was like, well, I was considering it because I'm so confused because I'm like, Australia, I know they're, like, full of stabbings because they don't know all guns out there, so, you know, they're going to kill however other way they can, but.
0: They do do allow hunting rifles, and that's the reason that Wolf Creek, you know, has what it has.
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah. That makes sense, but do you have to have a hunting license? Like, how do you get, acquire? A I don't
0: license? know their laws when it comes to that, but they cannot have quote unquote automatic weapons or, you know, or semi automatic or whatever. So, at least in that sense.
1: All right. Um, whatever. I, 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 I just don't understand that. But then again, if I were an actress, I would be scared of my young one driving out on her own, knowing how. It is now with the paparazzi, and everyone wants to get their pictures on the youngsters of these movie stars. You know,
0: and and that might play into it. They've they've probably always had like some way for her to like you know public transportation. Well, private tra- transportation. Yeah, uh, that somebody else was like looking after her. That's probably how she's always got by. So she never had to learn how to drive.
1: That's insane. <clears throat>
0: Uh, they only had five candelabras, so they had to keep moving them around to populate rooms and hallways where needed. <laughs> that's like the that's like from the original Halloween movie where they only had, like, one bag full of uh, leaves, and they had to keep, like, placing them out. <gasps> that and, is know, so it, funny.
1: And, <laughs> Hold on, and guys. Scoop, we got to set up.
0: And then it's like they had to scoop them back up. It's like, oh, shit, the wind just blew some away. Go get them and put them back in the bag, you know?
1: You know, it's so dumb, but this reminds me of, like, um... Pet cemetery where they had X amount of cats, obviously, and they were all trained, but once, like, it would take so long for setup because they would put them on the set, and they'd be like, okay, everybody, sit down, be still, don't make a noise, and they'd have to let the cat get acclimated to the set, it was all about the cat at that time, and I'm just thinking, okay, guys, hold on, I know we have a scene to do, why don't you guys take a 15-minute break, we gotta put this candelabra up, you know?
0: We have to go get the five candelabras and set them up in this particular scene. Oh,
1: God, that is so funny. I mean, the attention to detail is awesome, but that's fucking hilarious. Um, Also, I have an update. Uh, Samara Weaving, she's afraid to drive, and I quote, she's terrified about getting distracted and accidentally killing, quotation mark, like seven civilians. She doesn't want to drive because of that.
0: Okay, well, I mean, that's respectable. It's an anxiety
1: she has, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, and especially if she's got that anxiety, that probably would make her a bad driver anyways, because she would, I mean, you know, she wouldn't be, she would overreact and probably cause a, you know, like stomp on her brakes yeah. and cause an accident or something, you know.
1: Oh my God, that's hella
0: funny. Uh, they submitted nearly 200 fictional board game names, but only uh, eight or so cleared the, were, were cleared by the legal department. I guess because they had to check them to see if they oh, were yeah. like, copyrighted and that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, Grace's yellow Chuck Taylor sneakers were actually custom painted for the film as Converse no longer makes that color.
1: Boo!
0: (laughs) Grace originally dies in the earlier draft of the script after being successfully sacrificed by Alex and his family, but the producers changed it to Grace surviving and her in-laws, including Alex being killed after failing to complete the ritual before dawn. (laughs) I love it. Uh, the montage of the family preparing and donning the robes in the lead up to sacrificing Grace originally showed Daniel drinking more, but Brody wisely suggested a, ta- a take where he goes the opposite direction and is clearly sobering up instead. That's the one they went with.
1: Good job.
0: Cause yeah, because he's trying to, he he's, you know, and, and it was a smart character move. He's trying to get Grace out of there so he would back off of the booze so that he wasn't so inebriate he couldn't get her out of there, yes. you know? Uh, The nail that goes through Grace's hand is CG, and they were worried about selling it until they watched Samara Weaving's performance. Uh,
1: Yeah, you know, she fucking sold that. I didn't know. Well, I mean, clearly, I thought it was like a prop. I didn't think it was CG, but yeah, she fucking sold it.
0: Yeah, she sold the pain she was in. I mean, you know, did a really good job with it. Uh, The MPAA requested they translate the Latin use during the sacrificial ceremony so they could properly rate the film. (laughs) <laughs> they were like uh we don't understand this latin you could be like saying curse words that we don't allow well, what does it say that's you know? hella funny the goat that jumps out and scares grace into falling down the well was originally planned as a puppet but when they shot the first take of the puppet they realized that was a bad idea thankfully the goat wranglers were so down <laughs> according to the you know the people behind this uh,
1: what i want to know is where is black Phillip?
0: uh that could have been him in disguise
1: could have been, but I like his original form better. (laughs) And I felt like that would have gone very well with this film. But I never get what I want, so. Uh,
0: During the wedding photos, Charity tells Daniel that Grace will never be part of the family. Daniel replies, of course not. She has a soul. (gasps) At at the time, this seems like a slight against his wife and family. Later, it's revealed that members have sold their souls to Mr. LaBelle. 100%. Uh, Towards the end of the movie, Fitch recalls a fire incident that killed a whole family to which Lodomas' patriarch says, That's what the media fed you. This brief passage foreshadows the fate of the family as their house burns to the ground after they explode in the dawn. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is heavily implied that Grace is rejected by Mr. LaBelle for two reasons. One, because her motive for marrying Alex was indeed love and not just money, Grace's soul would be more difficult to attain. Mm-hmm. It's also mentioned that both Charity and Fitch had no issue selling their souls in exchange for the material, uh, whereas Grace longs for a family. And two, Helene draws a comparison between herself and Alex, both resisting their destiny by trying to leave the family, only for Mr. LaBelle to reject her spouse forcing them to stay uh mr labelle may have sensed that grace's innocence and purity would lure alex away from continuing tradition and disown the family yeah uh the fight between grace and becky was filmed on the first day of shooting and weaving accidentally struck her with a prop brick uh we all thought she was going (gasps) to walk away
1: okay but it's a prop brick (laughs) they don't usually they 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 can bonk your head but they don't fucking hurt hurt
0: uh, it depends on the edges, I guess. Maybe they, you know, because sometimes they get like cuts and, you know, yeah. like, little, you know, stuff. We all thought she was uh, going to walk away. The cast and crew speculate as to what Grace does after the movie ends, and their guesses range from going on a honeymoon, uh, the honeymoon, to being charged with murdering the entire family. So there you go. That's from the cast and crew. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> she can't go on a honeymoon until she clears gets cleared.
0: Yeah, she cartas. would have to be. They would have to see that there's no way she could committed all those crimes. Uh, but they they would still try to link her to some of them. I mean, if nothing else.
1: Yeah, and it's like you got no one to tell the story. I mean, the dead bodies are going to be from beyond her time, so that's gonna that's gonna save her. I think the pit of bodies is gonna save her.
0: I think that would save her because yeah. that. And that wasn't burning, uh, I mean, that was not part of the burning either. So that was like one little thing that LaBelle either forgot or he was just like, okay, here's your way out, you know. Yeah.
1: Um. I'm trying to think what else, too, uh, where I was going with it. Um. I, I know I said, okay, she's probably going to go, she's got to wait to get cleared of the charges. I'm trying to think what else could help her because, I mean, like I said, there's no way they're not going to, severely question her. Her dress is covered in blood. How do you explain that before the house explodes, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and
0: the the hole in her hand, uh, the cuts, the, you know, the the, the little stabs that she had. If nothing else, they'd have to rule that she was insane because she had to have done damage to herself, you know, or whatever. Yeah,
1: I mean, she's got to let them know. She can't even, like, how do you even, you can't tell the truth that's going to get her thrown into an insane asylum. She can spin it off that they were crazy. Oh, yeah. She could be like, oh, they believed that they had to do a ritual sacrifice in order to keep the family funds going or to survive. And they all tried to kill me. Yeah. And then yeah, she I mean, has they- names of the previous relatives. So she could be like Charles. And then they're going to find Charles's body in the fucking one. they will be like, fuck, this bitch is not lying. These psychos thought that they were rich because of a fucking demon named Labelle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that I mean, that could be it. I don't know. That it, it, it I could see it going either way depending upon how good the lawyer was on each yeah, side. Yeah,
1: that's true. She's got a lot of money now, so
0: yeah, that lawyer's a got one. a
1: lot of incentive. In fact, that lawyer could have been hired by Labelle himself.
0: <laughs> that that lawyer would probably be Johnny Depp's lawyer and, and wouldn't yes. get, you know, get her out of it.
1: Or Keanu Reeves. <laughs> maybe his dad
0: uh, his dad would be a better lawyer if she's really wanting to you know get out of everything yeah. uh, the names Ladomus and Labelle are anagrams for Asmodel and Belial of the Aris Gaotia, respectively so there you go uh, demonic names just in okay. anagram form Helene tells Tony that when Alex was a child, he once saw Mr. LaBelle sitting in a chair in the family ceremony room. Grace sees him as well when she's the only survivor left after LaBelle's wrath. Uh, In this film, Samara Weaving plays someone running from the devil worshipers who wish to sacrifice her. This is a reversal of her role in The Babysitter, where she played a devil worshiper hunting someone to sacrifice.
1: Oh, my, how the (laughs) turntables.
0: Uh, and it's funny too because uh, Adam Brody is trying to help uh, the person escape. Yes. from the Devil Worshippers, and he's actively searching for somebody to work to sacrifice in Jennifer's body. Well, so when he yeah, he's too. actually
1: sold his sold his soul. Okay, but here's the situation though: Why do the family members have to be? They can make a choice to associate themselves with the life they've been brought into, but I still feel like the children are innocent and other people that don't know what's going on. I don't feel like you should be tied to a curse because you were born into it.
0: Uh, yeah, but that's like a gothic trope. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, the, I mean, you go back to the fall of the House of Usher. It's like the whole family was cursed because one person in the past had, like, sins that no, that the family always has to suffer from until Ugh. they die out, basically. Lame. Lame. Uh, As Grace walks uh, to the music room, she pauses to see the family's older uh, board games displayed. The names of the games combine to tell the story of the following night. Uh, Family Ritual, Secret Counsel, LaBelle's Gambit, Sunrise, Fortune Teller, and Public Defendant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's going to need a public defendant. More than a public defendant.
0: Yeah, she needs a a good uh, defense lawyer. Uh Alex has a heart-shaped blood stain uh, over his chest where the heart is. Oh. I didn't I didn't recognize that. I didn't
1: notice that. Yeah.
0: There is an old traditional, some might say a superstition, that's uh, that a groom should never see the bride in her dress before the actual wedding ceremonies. it brings bad luck. Alex does this very thing when he and Grace are introduced, possibly an indication of what will happen to them later.
1: I'm telling you right now, the husband and I are cursed. Because <laughs> He saw my vagina before we got married, so
0: what uh, seems it's, it's supposed to be on the day though. Like if oh, they yeah. walk in while you know and see you on the day.
1: Okay. Well, here's my reasoning. Okay, I, I was pregnant at the time that we got married. I didn't mean to be. Okay, but it happened, and our daughter was in the wedding. Um but I because I was pregnant and because I'm diabetic. I wanted pictures done before the ceremony happened so that when the ceremony was done, guess what we get to do? We get to walk in and fucking eat, hoes. Okay? <laughs> I wanted to, go, because pictures take forever after you get married.
0: That is true. It took, I mean, I, and by the time we got in there to eat, like, we were both starving to death. Yes. Like, it was awful. I was you know, not going to
1: play that game. I, My life depended on it
0: okay that's that's fair uh uh, according to imdb trivia which is where i get most of this grace will likely inherit all the lodomus as well yep just like we said that's what we're hoping for uh i've already mentioned that about jennifer's body and adam brody um uh, being a switch of his characters in those movies uh, the fact that Emil had a drug problem is foreshadowed the very first time we meet her as she's very hyper and rubbing something off her nose during the hunt. She has, is seen snorting cocaine. So there you go. All right. What do we think about final girl, Grace? She's not the most effective final girl, and luck plays way more of a factor for her than it does for most of them. But I feel like she has been transformed by the end of the movie enough to be one of the, the final girls.
1: Do you feel like she has LaBelle on her side? A little bit.
0: Uh, yeah. There's a few things that happens in the movie that, like, I mean, because even though like her luck kind of falls out, like that that old rickety ladder, for instance, holds just long enough for her to get to the top. Yeah, now, she has she has to suffer to maintain her hold, but she still it, it gets her to the top before it breaks apart.
1: Yeah. Um. I what I think about her is what I want to see in most uh most final girls is do you want to live and she wanted to live she had the desire to live
0: she had the desire to live and i will go one further she like i've said earlier she a final girl's supposed to represent the feminine uh the the creation mm-hmm. side of of you know there's creation and destruction males in the movies always represent destruction or the killers usually uh females represent creation she, you know, she, uh, you know, accept, you know, over the course of the movie, she takes on enough of the destruction to be able to survive. Yeah. But she does it in a very feminine way. I mean, yes. that, that wedding dress being used as part of her way of uh, tagging back—you can't get more feminine than that. I like, yeah. She, I agree one hundred percent.
1: Yes, this is this is the representation of feminine that we want to see—not feminine, just feminine, but feminist—in this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't, and she's also, like, she's willing to be, uh, you know, like a, just, you know, like a, not, I wouldn't say subservient, but, like, she's re- she's willing to do a traditional wife role in the movie. Yeah. You don't have, like, the man-hating, like, well, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to be the one that takes over, you know, this side of, you know, none of that. She, she wants to be the traditional female role yeah. in the family. She's, That's another thing.
1: Yeah, she's you know, not a thing. lot of that so much in this. But she, like I said, because she's a final girl, she wants to live. So she's got to do what she's got to do. But she does that without, I don't know, tearing any of the men down other than the ones that deserved it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and she and she's still caring. That's the other thing that she shows her feminine side about. She actively uh, cares and tries to take care of Daniel whenever he's in his death throes. I mean, even... You know, after all the stuff that happened. I mean, you can't get any more feminine than, like, the caregiver role, you know. yeah,
1: Having been thrown into what she's been thrown into and in a fucking wedding dress. Those things suck. Balls, man. <laughs> I'd say she fucking, she got my respect.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think she stands up there, even though she had just had the one movie or whatever. But, I mean, she she's been through enough to make the transition to be a final girl. Like, yeah. I mean... Uh, the slasher, there's not really a single individual one. It's the entire Ladomas family. I mean, maybe even including the kid, Georgie or whatever. Um, it's always weird when you get the family dynamic. I know that it goes all the way back to chainsaw. Cause I mean, the whole family's involved, uh, but they're very ineffective because like we said, their heart's not in it. They don't care about the killing. It's just uh, a means to an end to keep their, their power and money.
1: Yeah, and I do empathize with some of them because that's got to be hard. That's got to be hard to, one, find out that your family is rich because of this. Not so much even a curse. It was a deal. If we think about it, it's yeah, a it's I'm a mad. curse because it's continuing and there's nothing they can do about it. So it's like, fuck, we have to do this. So I guess if you want to call it a curse, it's technically a deal. But like. That's got to be hard to be like, okay, you're living this good life, you know. What would you give to continue that? And not only just continue that, you don't get to live if you don't continue that.
0: Yeah, it's, you're, you're. I mean, it's either you live an extraordinarily good life by at least earthly, you know, standards. Yeah. Or you're dead, you know, that you have no options. Yeah.
1: So, like, if you know that when you die, you're going to go to hell because of this. Wouldn't you want to live the best? You're going to go to hell regardless.
0: You would want to live the most hedonistic, yeah. uh, get out there. Uh, what, what what was that old phrase that or a phrase that people were doing like for the longest time? It's like uh, uh, basically just you, you only live one life. So, you know, it, I forget how they phrased it, but it's just like basically just do whatever you're going to do now. And, and you know, no matter how depraved it seems, because it doesn't matter because you're doomed to hell anyway.
1: You know what, Ladoma? fucking eat that butter okay try that butter (laughs) indulge in that butter yeah live deliciously I mean (laughs) yeah they're assholes because you you can tell some of them are just devoid of any kind of soul at least if you're killing somebody like I could tell like if Daniel decided he wanted to live and he's like fuck he would feel so bad killing her
0: yeah yeah And like, is there any
1: redemption does like you know, do, do do any angels come down if you're like you know you sacr maybe you sacrifice yourself? Like, does Daniel get any kind of redemption?
0: That's a good point because he's the only one. I mean, he is truly the only one in the movie that that tried to to get grace out of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it was all said none because Alex started out that way, but then he backslid and he be, you know became one with the family at the end
1: exactly. Of it. Yeah, so I don't know. That's where I stand on the situation. It's like I I get the slashers. I empathize a little bit with some of them, especially the mom with her kids, but also she is a gold digging whore. She wants that money, but I get it. Like she, she's like, you're doomed, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, you might as well just, uh, you know, just live how you're going to live. Yeah. The one, the one thing I'm going to say though, is just overall, they're not uh, very effective. And if we was including, cause it's, it's a kind of a similar take, if we included, uh or like it's kind of the opposite in the spectrum but that movie you're next which is more of a home invasion movie where a bunch of rich people have like they're getting like slaughtered by these people in masks from outside of the family um if we was to compare the two it's like those people are way more effective in in you're next than like the ladomas family is yeah uh, best kill in the movie, I, I'm to give LaBelle, like, the best kill, cause exploding people's pretty damn cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Um, it's hard, cause there's various types of kills in this movie. Uh, personally, I thought one of the funniest kills was, uh, Aunt, what's her name, fucking axing the help.
0: Oh, yeah, Aunt Helene, yeah. which is funny because, I mean, she used the battle axe, and I don't know if that's a reference to the fact that she is, you know, that, that used to be a term for like an old bitch, that old battle axe, you yeah. know, so it's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> um, because that's the one that kind of stood out to me, just, just, just people dying left and right in this film, you know, and a lot of them were accidents.
0: Yeah, a lot of them were just pure accidents because, like I said, they have no grasp of how to use the weaponry. Oh, 100%. that's another reason why they get knocked down the list because at least the Sawyer family—they know how to fucking use the knives <laughs> and the chainsaws. I mean, you got to—they're poor, as dirt country shit, but they know how to use the weapons.
1: Yeah, I have, I have to agree with you on that one.
0: Uh, I, I know the term I was thinking of a while I go, YOLO. You only live one. Uh, the Ladomas fa- yeah, family is living YOLO every day of their life. So
1: yeah, I mean, fuck man.
0: <laughs> uh, best scream. I'm going to say this right now. I gave the best, like just deep, like, you know, heartfelt scream, uh, to, uh, Jennifer Ortega or, or, uh, that's not her name. Uh, Jenna Ortega, nah, uh, close enough. from, uh, X, uh, I got to say that Samara Weaving has the best blood-curdling scream.
1: The, are you talking about First, the goat scream?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of like.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's,
0: it's It's got like a, it's got a, a weird tenor to it, but it's like, it's it's so good in what it does. I mean, it's very distinctive.
1: Um, And I can't help but wonder, was that scream real? Like, and if it was, what, how did she do it? You know?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to throw this out there that the two best screams overall this season have been Jen Ortega and Samara Weaving and it's funny because they are two newest final girl yes. or scream queens scream queens uh in 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 the business. It's kind of funny. Uh best fake game, LaBelle's Gambit. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> immediately immediately yes for me.
0: Uh, best side character, I, I'm saying Daniel. Oh I, yeah, like we said, Daniel's the best in the movie. I mean, outside of Grace, you know. He really is. uh Franklin Ward giving it to fitch. fitch. I mean, he's hilarious, <laughs> but I mean, he gets annoying at times.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, one hundred percent. He's definitely the Fitch. I mean, the Fitch. The.
0: He's know, the bitch, Fitch. The bitch, fitch, sure, but he's he's the Franklin of the movie. Yeah. Uh, how annoying is the Doom Prophet? There's not really one, and if there is, it's Alex. And he's not really, I mean, he's not a good Doom Prophet because he, de- he doesn't even try to save her until after she knows the Doom, you know? Yeah. Uh, his, he well, he's He hints at the Doom because he tells her, "It's like, are you w- sure you want to go through with this? But he says it in a way that like a husband who's kind of got like, uh, you know, cold feet, does yeah you know and and she takes it to be that it's like no no we're fine don't worry about this don't stress and so he's like all right you know i'm i've warned you we're fucking insane but
1: i would say uh, a close second contender would be aunt helene because she's like let's get this ball rolling you know what you have to do (laughs) you know what's gonna happen to the family she's literally in the room while fucking grace is trying to fuck her new husband
0: that's true, and she's also the one, she's a Doom prophet in the other sense, she's pro- professing the doom of the family, because mm-hmm. she's like, we have to fucking do this we all die. Yeah. You know? He like, has to accept fox- his
1: fate. She, to me, is the is the annoying Doom prophet.
0: Okay, I, I could buy that. I, it's kind of weird. It's, it's not a traditional one in either one of those characters, but uh, dumbest moment. I mean, the dumb waiter kill was stupid, but it's not a dumbest moment. To me, it's Grace using the car star because all she had to do was just drive away. Yes. I know she was trying to call the police, but get somewhere first. Get the fuck away from there. Don't worry about calling the police. That was because funny. Was, the,
1: was that the scene where, like, they, they needed a code or a password from her or something?
0: Yes. they, wanted, they No, actually, they, before they even did that, they said, like, this car's been reported stolen. We're shutting it down Oh, instantly. yeah. If she hadn't even pushed the button, it would have been fine. Yeah, you know? that
1: that is true. Well, not technically because um,
0: they can patch in. I think, yeah, they can know. they can
1: still shut it down. I so I understand why they did it for the scene, but you're right. Like, oh my god!
0: Just just try to get the fuck out of there. I mean, come Car on. Star. I mean, that's
1: and I'm trying to think. It's uh, something GM had one. Oh God! It was also OnStar.
0: OnStar, that's what it is. That's star,
1: hella yeah. funny. Hella took over from that car star on star suck balls, by the way.
0: Yeah, it's not not a good service whatsoever. Um, I was going to say before we wrap this up, I think that there's several different movies that this could maybe play like a good, like double feature with. If you wanted to take the babysitter mm-hmm. and do it with this, that'd be a good, like, reversal for you know, Samara Weaving. Yeah, uh, Jennifer's body would be a good reversal for Adam Brody. Uh, I think the closest though, in the, what the movie's actually about and what the movie portrays is the menu. Oh uh, yeah, just came out uh, because it's about rich people, about a person who was not rich uh, getting mixed in with it. Uh, it's got Anya Taylor Joy as the non-rich person, and yet another new age scream queen, and like it, it plays out in a very similar way, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's a good double feature with this movie.
1: Before we end this, I want to discuss something. I want to ponder something. I want to death holler copyright the, s- the sequel to this film, if you will. Okay. Hear me out. So, she,
0: in
1: the next movie, she's, you know, on trial. She gets, she wins, but she wins because of a deal with LaBelle. Or something similar to that. Or she, she annoyingly the, wins because of LaBelle.
0: And then she has to go killing. And then the next movie is called Here I Come because, ready or <laughs> not, here I come. I love it. You heard that here on Death Holler. You heard it here
1: first. It is September 10th, 2023. We're putting that out there. And we will go after whoever <laughs> takes this from us.
0: Don't you dare take this away from us.
1: We'll make a deal with the devil to make sure that it stays in our fucking in our realm. Okay.
0: Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. With okay, it, but... he's gonna
1: he's <laughs> going to do this. I'll, I'll talk him into it. Everyone,
0: okay. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to wrap this one up. We're going to continue next time or the next part of this episode with Wolf Creek. So with that, everybody, peace be with you
1: and with your spirit. <laughs>